Mode. I'm your host, Todd Oxtra, joined by an irregular crew, but an esteemed group of podcasters and friends. Uh, this is a special podcast to discuss in a roundtable format, The Last of Us Part Two. This game has been out about, let's see, three weeks. So if you have not played the game and you don't want to be spoiled, come back when you have. If you don't intend to play the game, but you're curious, by all means, listen. So, without further ado, I'm going to introduce my esteemed co-hosts. First of all, Jason Marshall from Story Route Zero. Jason, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you, Todd? Doing great, buddy. It's been a while. I've been on multiple podcasts with you. You've been on Secret Friends. So, folks, yes. uh, go check out those previous episodes. But Jason is a member of a new podcast with the same cast, Story Route Zero. And the reason he's on a new podcast, because a certain someone had to kill the podcast. Um, and that is Joseph Moran, Mr. Badman hey. himself from the Trophy Room. Hi. What's going on, you guys? Yeah, you know, I'm... Listen, I host a little thing called The Trophy Room, a podcast made by the players for the players each and every Thursday. Me and my best friend Kyle talk about the latest and greatest all things PlayStation. But my part-time job is guesting on other podcasts to just kill them. Uh, so good luck, Sean Capri, to We The Gamer cast. That one, I can't, I can't, <laughs> I can't see it going for much longer, you know? <laughs> my track record is one for one. Well, Joe, uh, apparently Secret Friends has got like nine lives because uh, you've been on multiple times and sure. have failed to kill it. So good luck with that, my friend. i got to fix my ratio. My batting average <laughs> is off. Yes. <laughs> yes. And uh, last but not least, Luke Lore, who has been on the podcast. He is the host of the Xbox Expansion Pass. Does something very difficult, which is a solo po podcast host. Keeps everyone engaged but also then brings on guests in the gaming industry luke you are in i don't want to say enemy territory because you're always welcome and you are always even keeled but uh it's it's nice to have someone who is not uh, a sony pony whatever you want to call it to talk about a game that is obviously one of the most uh, lauded games of the year so far so thank you for being on well, thank you for having me. I am so excited to have the chance to talk about this game because it's so rich with topics. And uh, I mean, I, I, my beat is Xbox. I cover and talk and discuss Xbox, but I do love games from everywhere. And so this is a, a good chance to chat with some some like and different minds here. So I'm going to kick this off with going through some of the people that made this game possible. People who actually put not only their voice, but also their act, active bodies into making this game game so this was developed by naughty dog sony interactive entertainment was the publisher directed by neil Druckmann, anthony newman kurt marginot designers emily amelia schatz and richard cambier programmers travis mcintosh and christian gearling artists eric pangillian john sweeney christian nakata and writers neil Druckmann and Haley gross Haley gross was actually the narrative lead as well the cast joel played by troy, troy baker Ellie, Ashley Johnson, Jerry, Derek Phillips, Tommy, Jeffrey Pierce, Jesse, Stephen Chang, Maria, Ashley Scott, Seth, Robert Clotworthy, Dina, Shannon Woodward, Abby, Laura Bailey, Owen, Patrick Fugit, Isaac Dixon, Jeffrey Wright. Did not know that. Manny, mm. Alejandro and Etta, Nora, Chelsea, Tavares, Mel, Ashley Birch, Jordan, Chase Austin, Mike, Ruben Langdon, Whitney, Maggie, McDonald, Marlene, Merle Dendridge, Emily, Emily Swallow, Yara, Victoria, Grace, and Lev, Ian, Alexander. 
um, Dina was mocapped by Casina Caradona, not Shannon Woodard. She was one of the, I, I don't know if she was the only one, but she was one of the, from the main cast that didn't do the voice and the mocap. Yeah, Abby as well. Abby has a different uh, um, model as well that that had the model for her face. Uh, but also, I did not know Jeffrey Wright was that because when I was just like, "Oh man, Isaac sounds like Jeffrey Wright." This is like when they do the TV <laughs> yeah. show. That's who I want. <laughs> I saw that tweet wow. of yours, and it surprised me because he's such a great actor and a cool, iconic face. But it, it's so Isaac so suits him, doesn't he? Yes, mm-hmm. and he's he's obviously he's the biggest actor, yeah. on this list. But he was understated. He was happy to be, you know, a, a major actor, happy to take a very minor role in all yeah. of the context of this. So that's very cool. I like that, that they can bring in, you know, talented actors and not like Kevin Spacey who has to look like Kevin Spacey playing Kevin Spacey or anything yeah. like that. So there we go. So um, before we get into this, I want everyone's uh, background on the series. So mm-hmm. last of us was the swan song of the PlayStation three uh, was remastered. And then they brought out the expansion with left behind. So just to very quickly, did you play it? And if you did, just very succinctly, your thoughts on the game. Uh, I'll start because you know what I'm the you know I'm known as the PlayStation fanboy, and I got a very fanboy response. So Last of Us Part One is my one of my favorite games of all time. Right, like that was the game that really like showed me. You know, there's other games like Bioshock, which is a great example, but Last of Us really opened that door of like actually game media could be way deeper could be on the level of of tv and movies and literature if we actually go for it uh we can tell really compelling and unique stories um that are more than just good bad we can have different perspective layers uh last of us left behind is better than the original game it is seriously fantastic and how it's told that story is told is very similar to part two. And that's why I think I like part two so much is that this part two takes the framework of how left behind is built off of where you're having flashbacks of, of uh, Ellie and Riley while at the same time, Ellie is trying to help Joel as he's injured part two, man, (laughs) takes some risks. And I like what Neil Druckmann said when he launched the game, He said or announced it back in 2017, 16, where he said there are going to be people uh, that play the first game that are going to absolutely hate the second game. And we have to be okay with that. And that is something that I appreciate out of this game is it doesn't play it safe. And at the same exact time builds upon the framework gameplay wise and improves upon it uh, while at the same exact time taking ambitious risks. They could have played it insanely safe, but they decided to go for something much more meaningful and for that give you characters that you think you hate, like in the very beginning with Abby, and you see their transformation, their journey so is illustrated to to such a degree that by the end of it, I'm rooting for for who I thought the villain was supposed to be. Last of Us is about perspective, and Last of Us Part Two is also about consequence. There has to be consequences after the original game. What happened to the Fireflies? It's not just easily oh they disbanded and everything went to shit. 
it has to be something deeper because if just nothing happened, that's just a very video gamey thing to do. So for the most part, narratively, I like all the beats they hit. The problem is because this is such an emotional journey, because it is, there are moments in this game, the first two hours being it where it's just like, Oh, they're really challenging me to go forward. You know, there are parts where I need a break and because of it's so it's such an emotional journey and because it challenges you constantly it feels way too long and after playing it a second time and beating it a second time there are definitely areas in that game where they could have consolidated and made the game a bit shorter by about 3 to 5 hours and i think a lot of the complaints or some of the complaints would have of it being paced up poorly would have been left out the door. But I think it does a lot of things narratively that we will see other games uh, in the future take a look at The Last of Us and see where they can take their stories as well. So to me, I love Last of Us Part 2, and it is something that I put side by side uh, with Part 1. It's just fantastic. So to me, I think this game, I like it personally more than the first game. Gameplay mechanically um, and the characters, it challenges me to really love certain characters that I didn't think I would. So I absolutely adore this game. This this is my strong runner for game of the year right now. But I also at the same exact time could understand why people don't like it. Which I guess we'll talk about in a second. He asked you your relationship. <laughs> with I was going to say, Joe, you, you are, wrote a dissertation. <laughs> Joe, you are right. fired, man. You are fired. This is how I feel I about this. I, 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 I don't just threw out all my notes. <laughs> There's no notes here. No? <laughs> well, the show's over. Okay, we covered Luke. everything. Okay, right, Luke, show them how it's done. Your relationship with the first game. Sure. Oh, it was just the really, I'm sorry. I thought I was going to. Joe. It is very well told, though, Joe. It was very well said. Very well stated. Oh, God. I'm just embarrassed now. It's like like after Luke, basically, uh, here's the instructions for the test. First thing is, first thing, write your name. You don't do it. You don't get, you don't, you don't pass. Yeah, yeah, that's what I just did. (laughs) I just did name, date, and I wrote all the answers on the back, you know? So, So, Luke, show us how. Very quickly, the the first Last of Us I use as a a litmus test to to what art can be in video games. I think at one point, uh, video games surpassing the the the, the entertainment genre and, and being more than just a game that began with Metal Gear Solid, and it evolved into what The Last of Us became. And suddenly, you were able to enter The Last of Us as a as a pop culture reference, but also uh, a reminder that you can tell great stories, interact with great stories, and have uh, have yourself be involved in a story that is good, bad, and not what you wanted it to be. You're not the hero in The Last of Us. And my relationship with the first game allowed me to to explore that idea. I did not like and do not like The Last of Us. I didn't like the first one. I did not like the second one. But in playing the first one, I my eyes were open to this is another incredible method of storytelling it's an achievement of gameplay of artistry it's beautiful that thing ran on a playstation 3 and how it didn't melt that thing is beyond me it it was a feat that 
no other game had achieved up to that point. I think we can I don't think we can say the same thing about The Last of Us 2, but the first was industry defining and it set benchmarks for other games to push uh, both narratively and artistically. And so I while I did not like the game, I was impressed. I was I was uh, awestruck. I was dumbfounded. I played it once and never touched it again because uh, the the story did what it did to me. Uh, but it was impressive nonetheless. Excellent. Jason. So The Last of Us Part One has a interesting um, foothold in my gaming history. Um, I played World of Warcraft for about seven years. Lucaro Garbrother. The <laughs> um, Last of Us was one of the first PlayStation 3 games where it really gripped me to the point where I kind of plowed through it. Like It got me to get away from doing my daily quest every day or making sure I logged into Warcraft. Like, and it was, it kind of, I, I don't want to say open my eyes like to, Oh, there's other games out there. So it kind of got me to really play into my PlayStation three. And then eventually I got a PlayStation four. Um, I enjoyed last of us one. I wouldn't hold it to, I mean, it was an amazing technical feat, but I don't like if you said, oh, name your favorite PlayStation 3 games. I don't know if it'd be it'd definitely be up there in like maybe top 20. Um, but it's not something it's I more remember it for. It got me to where I am with PlayStation 4 and like other games besides Warcraft. So that it's like a special game in that regard. Yeah, it was kind of a so that's how that's done. Okay. It's, it's a it's a palate cleanser, right? <laughs> From Warcraft, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or maybe like uh, methadone, I guess, in a certain way. <laughs> um, for myself, um, being a, a gamer dad, um, it was one of the first games I felt that truly transitioned to almost to a real relationship. I think we had uh, The Walking Dead from that generation, and The Last of Us really talking and about building relationships i know they started and and really uh, cut their teeth on uh uncharted and doing those type of relationship building but i felt really felt it came to fruition in the last of us and that opening sequence i think everybody can still remember it in their brain what happened what uh what joel went through me having a young child it really made an impression upon me and it just said what could video games do um, in a way to shake you, it really did. Um, so it pushed you to process what you would do in Joel's position if you lost your child. It really put you, that game did that to you in that moment. Oh, absolutely! It made me think of what could have been or what could be in that instance, and what would you do? Um, did wow. that? Did that make you feel a certain way towards Joel, or did you feel that you were Joel? Um, it made me empathetic to his actions. Mm. It didn't make me feel like I would necessarily do the same thing. But as a parent, sometimes you do irrational things for your children. Um, as a, and I think Jason's probably said it before. Before you're a parent, you always say, I will never do X, Y, and Z. Or if I'm a parent, I will do X, Y, and Z. It changes. It's all about context and where you're at in your life. And it's just one of those things where I felt like based on what Joel experienced and what he went through, did it justify his actions for basically 
trying to become a father for the second time. In a way, I think it he tried to say it justified because it was something he couldn't save his child. So he basically took those actions towards another child. So that's kind of where it took me in the first game. And I think the first game... If I could say one thing too for that one, Mm -hmm. I showed this to my my dad like the day before Last of Us Part 2 came out. I showed him the first 20 minutes and he literally just looked at me. He goes, "That's that's video games? And I'm like, that's video games. And he came up to me the day afterwards and he was just like, are you done? Like usually he's like, you know, get out of here. And I'm just like, that's all I'm showing you. He's like, can I have more? <laughs> and the day afterwards, he walked up and he's like, Joe, that, that game gave me nightmares. Because mm-hmm. he's a dad. And like that's like that being put in that position, haunting, you know? It definitely is. And I would say, and I don't know if truly The Last of Us 2 had a moment like the moment where, and I'm trying to remember the, 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 the creepy villain. David. Yes, David. I don't think Last of Us Two had a moment like that where it just stuck up in my stuck out in my head, and it's like, oh my god! Because and they specifically it, show you the other side, where yes. the villain is no longer the villain, and that's yes. the big narrative difference between exactly. Last of Us Part One and Two is they they spend an, an entire game creating a villain, and then an entire game making that villain a hero, and you have your Infinity War and your End Game. Yes, yes, yes. and. Uh, so I I absolutely adored what Last of Us did. Um, I don't think it was my favorite game to play, um, and it wasn't enjoyable, wasn't fun, and I never played it again. Mm-hmm. But what I did do is just before, um, I was always saying, oh, I'm going to get to Left Behind. I played Left Behind last month, <laughs> and it was perfect because it was a primer to get me back into the gameplay of two. I completely forgot how much stealth was employed. I forgot how much I hated the fact that my shiv broke mm-hmm. <laughs> all the time. And so then, but it also then, I think it showed a growth of the storytelling they could do um, with the type of characters. And obviously then revealing Ellie being uh, uh, an LGBT character was something they didn't have to do, but it was the the choice I think they made. And um, I think it really is... I don't, I don't know if it's brave or not, but I think it was taking a character people are invested in. And if you are anti-LGBTQ, to then say, by the way, here's this character you love. Are you going to accept? Or are you going to say, hate this game now? So I think it, it challenged people to have that thought. So that's I where think I... That's a, that's, a, a, yeah. that's a core tenant of The Last of Us, though. And I'm, I don't know if Joe and Jason will agree with me, but I think The Last of Us, in some places goes out of its way to force you to be uncomfortable. And it does this in, in, in 15, 20 different ways at various times throughout its entire saga, sometimes with gameplay, sometimes with narrative or character decisions. And it challenges whatever your expectations are or might be. So if you're a person who is unaccustomed to LGBTQ characters, maybe not even uh, anti or, or whatnot, but if you're unaccustomed, then that might challenge you just a bit to to have perspective you talked about uh empathizing with joel at the beginning of the first game i don't have a child uh i have a dog and i love her very much uh but i cannot uh i cannot immediately empathize with that moment and yet i was still uncomfortable it put you to be uncomfortable he they work very hard to put you in discomfort uh and some of that is through 
character modeling. Some of it's through character decisions narratively. And a lot of it's through gameplay design and decisions. And that's, I think, a core tenet of what The Last of Us tries to do. And I would argue it's very successful at. I think it's more than just making you uncomfortable. It's, it's To me, it is constantly uh, challenging a, th- a thought you have. Right. It's it's kind of like, here's the expectation. Now we're challenging you by giving you something different, but it makes sense. Right. It's subverting those expectations of of how a story should play out. And I I think it doesn't just do do it well with making you uncomfortable. It does it well with making you feel all sorts of emotions. Um, you know, there are moments of levity, of happiness, of, of, of sadness. Like it gives you literally the rainbow of emotions. Um, and you get, you, you, you get what you put into it when it comes to the story, when it comes to like the journals as well that you find or Ellie writes. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to pivot now. Um, so we've given a little bit of background on our you know, just our experience with the first game, where it took us, kind of what our thoughts were, and kind of what it kind of changed our gaming habits too, which is great, Jason. I love that perspective, um, because obviously Warcraft's not going into you know <laughs> those type of issues, which is which is still it's a different type of gameplay. Um, so just getting into this, did you? What is your thoughts on when they first announced it, and and how you feel now? Was a sequel necessary did you want one um did you think it was worth all of the things that have happened since it was released all of the 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 the, the noise um where do you think you're at with it i'll work backwards since i answered the first half <laughs> <laughs> um walking in i didn't need a sequel didn't need it didn't even think it was appropriate i thought it was gonna be like red dead redemption 2 where it, Red Dead Redemption Two gives go, goes so deep into the simulation that you're not being entertained anymore. Um, and and yeah, walking out, I walking out. I don't need a sequel as well. Yeah, I when it was announced, I was I was excited because when it was announced, you could tell this was going to be a revenge plot. Like from the first announcement, you could tell something happened to Ellie. You could assume, and you would have assumed right, that Joel died. Like, that was kind of obvious. But I think what got me was Joel obviously didn't die to a clicker, like, or a stalker, or, like, because that would have, like, it was like, why we don't need a sequel for that. Like, if he just died on, like, a, a patrol, like, it doesn't, something really happened to Ellie. Like, yeah. so I was, I was curious, and, when they showed it, Ellie was obviously significantly older, so it, there was going to be enough of a time jump that a whole new dynamic would be in there. Mm-hmm. So I I was excited. Um, I kind of stayed away from a lot of the... It's weird. Now that I cover games, I write reviews, I try to avoid a lot of game trailers. I think I've learned... I think I've been burned enough by movie trailers that, like, I like the game teaser and then i want a snippet of gameplay but i don't want like like playstation always does it they do their launch trailers like the week of i never watch them anymore because i was like there's gonna be something in there that's gonna like i want to be surprised by it like i'd rather the but i was definitely excited for it um and i thought i was like they can do i think 
after all their work with Uncharted, I was like, they can do something with this story, and I'm excited to see where it goes. I don't. I didn't care. Um, <laughs> I didn't. I, I like Joe. I didn't need another game. I yeah. didn't really enjoy the first game. Again, I I hold it in high regard, but I didn't enjoy it. I didn't want to want to play another one. And I wouldn't have played this one except that I felt it was an that it has the potential to be another pillar benchmark in gaming and worthy of discussion. And to that end, I am absolutely satisfied. And I'm really excited to continue talking about it because I think it's a game that is enjoyable to be in the zeitgeist about. Mm. That's where I'm at. I think it's yeah, so polarizing now that it's almost like, eh, I wasn't interested, but now I kind of want to play it. If you had no interest, because it's like, you think I want to see what. You think it's more polarizing uh, prior? You think it's more polarizing now, not prior to No, March? no, I mean, Last of Us Part Two with those, like, it, this might just be me. When a game comes out and, like, it gets review bombed or anything like that. I'm actually, I want to play it. Like if a game, mm-hmm. like a game to me, like if you said, Oh, it's a, it's a five. It's technically it stutters. There's freezes. It, the story goes nowhere. It never finished. Okay, fine. But like when a game gets like a two, I'm like curious, like, why is this so bad? Or if a game's like, Oh, this is a masterpiece of the 10 out of 10. I'm like, is it though? Like, I'm kind of like a cynic with that. Like, I want to know exactly why is this so bad or why is it so great. Like, so I think it. I think it could have brought people in who just kind of read social media. It's like, oh, this is a terrible game. It's so bad. Mm. I didn't need a sequel, but if Naughty Dog, who could essentially has got so much cachet, they can do whatever they want. Um, they could have started a new IP. They could have done Last of Us uh, kart racing if they really wanted to, <laughs> which would be very weird. Be kind of like the Flintstones and uh, very odd. But I mean, it's ultimately for them to say, I'm going to spend, you know, because you only have so much gaming life in you as a creator. You could only make so many great games because you run out of time. If they felt there was a need um, creatively to do more with these characters or this world, I trusted them that there was something that they could show us or tell us or do with this game that was well worth our $60. So with that, um, I was, like I said, I waited to play um, Left Behind just because I wanted to get ready for this. Um, And I'm glad I did. I think it was the right pace to get there. Uh, And I rarely, uh, because I'm a gaming dad, I don't always have the time to play games. And this has been my main focus. Like I said, I talked to you guys before I even finished this to set this up because I'm like, I want this to be very fresh in my mind. So I just finished two days ago um, and I'm glad I did. But it was a roller coaster. And like I said, I, I, I needed some catharsis after playing the game because now that I'm done, um, I feel I'm challenged with the way I feel. Mm. Well, with Which that, is what they're going for, I think. Exactly. They don't they, – they, just like good movies, um, there's, there's those movies you watch where you watch the main character just make decisions or do things – that you ultimately know is going to be their downfall. You're kind of like, don't do it. Don't do it. And in gaming, typically, we have the opportunity to influence that decision, make a different choice. And in this way, I feel Naughty Dog took a lot of choices out of our hands and pushed us forward. I was continually waiting 
for the you see that X to do that or the the, the square to do that thing. I'm just going to wait. I'm going to wait. Maybe if I wait long enough, I'll be given a choice. And I never was. Just but, like Joel at the in the hospital at the end of the first exactly, one. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. The choice has never been a part of this series. Mm-hmm. And they didn't waver. So, um, but I do want to touch another thing too. Um, the leaks were any of you spoiled? Every you single, almost every th- single thing was spoiled for me. Was it true, or was it uh, you know? most of it? So Joel's death, yeah. Um, the end, partially so. Uh, Abby being a trans character, not true. So, yeah. Wait, wait. So I, I, I'm gonna f- say the dumb thing right now. I know. Abby was a trans character. She, no, well, no, no, no. She wasn't. She wasn't. That's what the. That's oh, what the leaks that's what were they said. Uh, I'm like, I'm like, if something happened there, I missed it. So I feel dumb. I've been dumb before. Oh, I, the, dude, the one I, there was one thing. It was like, oh, we have to play as that trans B who kills Joel, and it's like uh, you play and you're like, mm, no, we don't. Yeah. But but I will tell you with the so I was also leaked some of those things as well and the Abby as a trans villain was a really interesting thing because it was in my mind for the majority of the game I was like was that true is it true and I found myself unsure it did not matter to the character development but I liked that it challenged my perceptions of scenes like all right if this is if she's trans does that change my my position on anything and the answer was no and I enjoyed that challenge. Uh, aspect. I also found that I was perturbed by the character model versus the voice because I was expecting Kate Diaz from Gears, and it's mm. Laura Bailey. I've heard seen her as Catwoman. Yes. I've seen it, and so it threw me off a bit. Uh, but again, pushing outside of comfort zones, whether that was an, an intended false narrative or not, I really liked the character arc uh, and the consistent efforts to. To, to demonstrate the LGBTQ community in a positive light. I loved it. I thought it was a brilliant method of storytelling throughout. Okay. So I was not spoiled. So, and I'm not sure if the spoilers led to the review bomb, as you talked about, Jason, the, 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 the negative, uh, just those fake, I would call them fake reviews because people were doing this yeah. well before they, I mean, the game took me 25 hours. I don't know how long it took you gentlemen, but unless they, unless they played like for a hour and then decided to do this, but in the first hour, it's essentially a continuation of last of us with no major changes. So there wouldn't be the context to say, I hate this game because all of our characters that we loved are already back and they're just having fun. You know, a lot of the review yeah. bombing was based off spoilers. Yeah. And I'm only speaking from someone who's awake at three in the morning and there was already five, 6,000 Metacritic reviews and the game just came out. There's no way people got to the, I, I mean, unless you were really, really upset that Joel dies in the beginning, but to bomb review bomb the entire game because of your favorite character, like that seems a little, I mean, but it's the internet. What do you expect? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but the, the Joel dying was kind of spoiled, but like I said, I kind of expected it because I, what could possibly have happened to Ellie to send her into this like 
revenge mode. So that's what I was at too. And we like, to, to, like when I, when that was spoiled for me, it wasn't even a surprise. Cause I'm like, yeah, no, we've seen Joel for practically none of the promotional things. So I'm assuming he's dead and like, he's not a good person. Like I, I assumed like I pieced things together of, of, of like, yeah, someone probably killed him from his past. I didn't know it would be a firefly. Yeah. Yeah. I thought, I, um, yeah. Uh, I was going to say, Naughty Dog kind of played a little trick on everyone. There's yeah. a scene in one of the trailers where you think Joel's in the game later, like a, almost at the end of Ellie's part. And it's actually Jesse. It's the part where she's in that, that little neighborhood and Jesse pulls her back and covers her mouth. The trailers made it look like that was Joel. You think yeah, I'd let you do this alone? Yeah. Yes. And uh, different people say different things. So, like, it, but, yeah, it is. Yeah. Like and I really thought trailers that are cut. Yeah. I really thought Dina was going to be the motivation for her to have revenge. Like, I thought Dina would be killed. Well, mm-hmm. so, so let me ask you this because if the question, if we're talking about the big game and the questions about spoilers, my question is did that influence your approach and perception of events because i talked about how it, yes. it it messed with my mind and as i examined abby differently did that change the way you guys approach the game yes because i'm a cis dude so like i thought she was when they said oh she's trans and i saw like a bulky female i thought that just oh trans dude all right whatever mm-hmm. and I, I, it actually worked i i liked her better because <laughs> i'm like oh this is really cool they're doing this mm-hmm. uh, but like like joel's death i was like when you think you're going to spoil something by like, like by saying what happens, all you're doing to me is going, is this a moment? Oh, this is a moment right here. Uh, Holy shit. Yes. And so like, you're not ruining it. I'm just now anticipating it. And that anticipation builds differently. And it really is maybe a little worse (laughs) for the effects, but Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. I, I really, um, once I started seeing the, negative scores knowing there was spoilers out there i i really felt like it was going down the road of what would get people so mad and the only thing i could think of it's going to be a position move from the or it's going to be making us not like what the characters we loved previously them doing things that we weren't gonna like because that was my only thought. I mean, because what else could be make people so angry? I mean, yes, Joel dying and somebody being somebody's favorite character. But that that was my only thought. It was going to be characters we love doing things we don't like. Yeah. And making us have to realize, hey, sometimes we're the villain and sometimes we're the hero. And this yeah. instance, they change perception. So, and and um, they I, do do that. Yeah. And, it, and the way they write it is so freaking good that yeah. it's yeah. – continue <laughs> yes yeah so um going into this um you know we're in we're in part two um the game opens up fairly traditional we, you know we've already touched upon kind of where we're at in a different place i mean it's probably what seven years uh five years five years five okay years. so we've but got a new cast a, of a characters significant... yeah well I say a significant five years because those are ellie's coming of age years yeah and i think that's that's a different five years than 20 to 25 the fact that she went from 13 to 18, 18, 18 or, or something yeah. in there that's a nice a significant time as she comes into her own yeah and and yeah i mean she's she's got her own place she's finding her own path and she wants to be her own person and um this whole new community we're we're in the midst of and it seems like this is what they fought for to get a life and to have relationships in a community and then 
obviously very quickly. I mean, I mean, obviously we, we were, I mean, and this is the, the, the really important part to me very early on, we're introduced to a second set of characters that we don't know what to think and know what to do with them. Very rarely in gaming. Do you ever play against your main characters in a way that's positive? I mean, Halo, obviously Arbiter, uh, things like that. We get yeah. that, but it's a little bit more of a operatic and, and overbearing, but do, very rarely do we get to play the other side. And then take and say, what do we do with that? We're not really trained in gaming to do that a lot. So did you think that was an important decision to start that type of narrative so early on? Yeah, absolutely. It was it it was the okay, so you're you're in or you're out. So are you in? Because it's gonna it's we're gonna get real right here. Um and giving it that like when when you're playing as Abby, you're like, oh shit, I'm the villain. I'm gonna kill Joel, and it's and and that's the big and like that's the emotional hook there. Like I'm like, freaking genius, and and so I think playing Abby uh, in the beginning is so necessary as to how things play out with her in the long run. I, yeah, I agree. I love the introduction of them because. And if it, you see Joel and Tommy being good to them, hey, come with us. Let's get you out safe. Okay, we're here. We're, we're all, they work together, and then it flips. And so immediately my emotions were challenged. And from then on, I was examining each character's facial tics, each character's movements, body language, attitudes, verbiage, because I wanted to know why and how. Because you can see the look between the characters, the wolves uh, or the former Fireflies, when they realize who Joel and Tommy are, when they when they connect the dots, it visibly changes. And that really changed the way I then approached playing these characters because I have no love or disdain for Ellie. I just see her power in the story. And then my my love or disdain and my my relationship with Abby and the former Fireflies and the Wolves it was adjusted by the way they initially talked to each other because they were a family themselves until they realized what Joel and Tommy were. Yeah, Tommy offers, he said, oh, you should come back with us. We'll get you geared up. And Mel, like, says, like, oh, we appreciate that. Thank you very much. But, like, off on the side, Owen's with Abby, and they're already suspect of these two guys. And then, But then it's so quick. It's not like oh, Joel and Tommy, and, like, then they're plotting. Like, it's, like, instant. Like, all of a sudden, hits the ground, that's it. And you're like, oh, it's happening right now. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things I appreciated, and it was the... And and I didn't think I was going to like it at first. And I'm like, why are we transitioning to this other group again? And why are we transitioning to Abby? And this group, I, I don't like them. And I feel kind of dirty playing as them i'm a i'm abandoning the characters i love and spent so much time with and i'm back with them again and then we were back with and it was that back and forth of oh crap i'm gonna have to do this or i'm gonna have to do that as a character that i don't know if i really like that at that point yeah. i'm not sure if i'm emotionally involved with and that's a challenging thing because uh, I, I remember at one point and i and it's i think Sorry if I'm going to skip a little bit, but I'm going to skip ahead to the different battles between Abby and Ellie at the theater where Abby is trying to hide from Ellie and you have to go after Ellie. Terrible it's boss like, fight. 
oh my god i mean i'm like i don't want to really hurt ellie but i've got to so and then it was the same thing at the very end of the game and i'm like oh i feel horrible and it and, it, and i didn't want to move forward but i had to yeah uh i've uh, I'm just going to mirror Luke's thought here because that's an excellent point. And also, I'm right. When I'm texting, I'm writing notes because I, I got I got things at the end. Uh, but, yeah, like mirroring Luke's thought there, that boss fight just mechanically sucks. It's just bad. Did they, you guys they... fail it? The fight? I think I did. It. I failed it multiple yeah, times. Yeah, a couple times. Did you like fail 30 phase... times at least. Did you fail phase it. two, so to speak, where Ellie has the shotgun? Yes. I failed every... Got? I Holy. failed every single one, and I, it was, that was just my, getting me pissed off. That was one of the holy fuck moments when she blows Abby's face off. Face the off. Like, <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> what happened there? Yeah, it's horrific. Yeah. It, I was hesitant to... Oh, go ahead, Luke. No, please, Jason, after you, please. Uh, I was just saying, I was hesitant to play as Abby with... Because I immediately saw, okay, we're going to do day one as Abby and I can't name a specific TV show but I've seen it before in movies like you see a character uh, an actor they go through the plot they go through the plot then you see the other character and they basically do and it's like oh they were there in the same spot but as I played as Abby I realized they're not in this they're not running parallel like they ended up meeting so Abby experienced a whole different part of the game. So that, and then I was like, okay, this is, I can get behind this. Cause at first I was like, are we really going to just do the same path and like see how Abby handles it? And when I realized it was completely different, I was like, okay, now I can get behind this. You can see a television narrative. I think very similar to what the walking dead does. You'll arrive at the same point and you arrive there very differently with a lot of different characters. I was, perturbed several times in trying to develop relationships with these characters by gameplay mechanics because much of the game is pushing forward on your controller and that's it and the story is told to you uh and then it opens up into these wide linear portions that uh suddenly you have more agency and that would throw me off from time to time sometimes i'm just going walking forward while they're talking i can't speed up i can slow down a little bit but they'll just wait for me uh but i can't do much other times I have a lot to play with and then it would narrow into these very small moments that you're talking about where you don't get a choice. You must fight Ellie. You must fight Abby. You must, uh, you know, in the first one, be Joel going through taking out doctors. And so that is a bit jarring for me as a player to go from uh, very, very little agency to very wide linear levels to no agency at all. I have to do this to progress. And that is a a unique element to the storytelling that the gameplay played a part in. Uh, to, to the other point that Joe made uh, quite a bit recently now at this point, uh, the writing in the, the game does a lot. I'm sorry, the journals in the game, the writing that the characters do, does a lot to open the story up. If you read the Seraphite stuff, uh, you really understand what their prophet was intending and how that, that religion uh, was perverted to be what, what they were. By the end, you can see in Ellie's journal the the journey that she goes on through her emotions. And in that same journal, that's partly why I don't like Ellie all that much, is I feel like she just needs to cut Joel some slack. Like, 
you get like she's not stupid. She needed to figure some things out, and uh, a couple of those those elements existed gameplay wise that I thought were at odds with some of the character writing, character decisions. I liked um, speaking of the journals when it was a kind of a comedic moment when Abby read the prayers to the prophet. It's that truck with all the spikes and they're pinned. Mm-hmm. If you take the time and let her read, she's pretty like snarky, like, oh, good wish, genius. Like, <laughs> how'd that wish turn out? Like, where are you now? Like, it was just like, but it was a different thing for each. Like, if you pause long enough to read the note, like, Ellie and Abby both made comments about, like, and I thought it was, there wasn't many repeats. Like, there was a different dialogue that they had. Yeah, I I, I really appreciated um, the the way the story it, it forced it upon you with Abby to a certain extent, whether you wanted it or not. And I think that's where the game. And, and I think we've talked about the length. We, we've talked a little bit about the length of the game, but I think this is where I feel like, to your point, Joe or Jason, when you said, "Hey, I wish if we were doing the exact same thing, it would have been worse." And I agree, we were doing similar story beats. But it was to the, I guess, I guess it was employing some more story building for Abby to basically make us understand what she went through. What was it from the other side? Giving us some empathy uh, because, and it's funny in a way, what Ellie lost is so small compared to what Abby lost and what Ellie went on a tirade on. Versus what Abby went through. And it was just like, it makes you feel like Ellie needed to mature. Versus, I mean, they're very similar in age, too. And you just kind of felt like what Ellie chose in the past she went down and how much love and compassion she got versus what Abby did. It just it just made me very frustrated. Because the I'm difference, like, though, is, is that Ellie bears the pressure of being the Messiah that didn't save. Like right. she was supposed to be the savior of the human race. Yes. And she wasn't and she isn't. And it was not done in her control. And I think that's the only difference because I, I agree. With you. It's not like she lost anything, but she's dealing with the weight of knowing that she failed humanity, even if she didn't. You know, I mean, like she's a kid. She's 13, 14, 15, mm-hmm. 16, 17, 18. Like, she doesn't get it. And that's the thing. Like you're, you're dealing with someone who is who's still maturing. They are a teenager. They don't get it. They think they get it. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, like Joel's relationship with Ellie is that of a of, of, of a warped uh, father daughter relationship where Abby and her father is a pure father daughter relationship. They have a healthy relationship. Joel and Ellie doesn't, and the reason why uh, uh, Ellie is so angry is that not only does she have her choice taken away from from her, but it echoes the last scene, and it's really freaking awesome, is she's mad at Abby because she took away the ability for Ellie to forgive Joel for what he did. Because she says it, I don't think I could forgive you but I can try, yep. you know, and that moment there, it, she lost that control again. And Abby took that from her and it is a warped thing she's going on, but it's something that, 
you on the player you're on board with because you like Joel, and you're you can also see it from Ellie's position of like, yeah, you know Ellie in the first game she says it, her biggest fear is being alone. All of a sudden she's alone, you know. Okay, does that justify her level of anger versus Abby's? Yes, you think it does. Okay. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, again, it's not to, to say one hurt one hurts more than the other. I don't. I don't, they're both hurting Mm -hmm. and they're both dealing with the repercussions of how they dealt with the hurt. So like Abby's going through that hurt stage and having killed Joel and she's still getting nightmares of her father. Everybody's looking at her differently. Everybody's treating her differently. And all of a sudden it wasn't worth it where uh, Ellie is, is angry because she took, she took the only thing Ellie really Ellie really had. And again, at the same exact time, it is a toxic relationship. So she took away Ellie's choice again. And that's the reason. I think maybe part of it is Ellie's also mad at Joel, and that's she's also taking that out on Abby and the crew. So, yeah. So... We 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 did get some new characters, obviously Abby, Owen, Dina, and then we were introduced to a new group, the Seraphites. Mm-hmm. The Seraphites added a bit of a you know showing us what else could happen. You get a cult like group. Um, then we were introduced to, and I think to the detriment, uh, another group at the end, which I felt like was just generic group that we had no description of that was felt kind of a cop out to me in a way that we just wanted some guys that were just bad yeah without any context i I read that there was supposed to be about four or five hours that were cut (laughs) (laughs) that would be where be tough exactly where would they have added more fluff (laughs) i will say and we'll go into it i didn't i didn't think the game was long but i do think in the the rattler section had you added four hours of content that would have been too much like it just at that point it would have just like okay now this is because it did feel like why like why'd you pull this faction out of nowhere to kind of have the game end with it's like it was like cannon fodder i I think they were truly meant to be cannon fodder at that point yes there was yeah. like, like no if context. they were in the middle, yeah, maybe if they were in the middle thrown in, like just as a faction, like, and then you kind of like, oh, uh, they're done, but like they're at the the end of the thing. It, it's like, huh? Yeah, I to just me that like, section yeah. that section didn't bother me because I'm like, yeah, I mean you could see it right off the bat. They need they need Ellie and Abby to meet again, and we also now need. Ellie to be in the power play, the power position, right? Um, and to have it still in Seattle doesn't really make much sense since Seattle's on fire again. But for me, yeah, adding adding that that enemy is the equalizer to to Abby. So I didn't see like, yeah, they're bad for the sake of you having to go through it, but they're there for you to meet Abby and Ellie mm-hmm. or for them to meet up again. And it's to me. I like how they're introduced. That is actually something I didn't see coming where they pretended to be fireflies. Yes. They created this, 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 you know, this fake SOS signal and all that jazz, or at least intercepted it. 
and they're and they're they manipulate it and that's how they get her so they're like oh yeah and then you could see they're shitty people because they're slaving people so like i i i liked i i liked them for for what purpose they they served i it was to get to the point you know yeah i I think naughty dog saw that they were like Oh, we're just throwing this in there. But we're going to give you an automatic rifle so you can kind of rush exactly. through it if you, in case you want to. Yeah, cool. it did feel kind of an odd ad considering the Seraphites, I think, could have been developed a little bit more. Uh, obviously, we got most of the feedback from, like I said, new characters. So Yara and Lev were introduced, um, which I think they were one of the first uh, cutscenes we saw when the game was initially announced, right? When they had yes. the... Uh, with the the hammer to the arm, we mm-hmm. didn't know what was really going to go on, and I think those characters really, obviously, added to Abby's development as well. Um, much less, and you got the wolves kind of got put on the back burner. So I kind of felt like there was a lot of extra elements added, and I don't know if there was a great balance of all of those extra pieces. There was what not. What did you guys think? Uh, to me, I didn't. So to me, it's about the personal relationships. So like, yeah, like the wolves, I don't, you could see enough of them. They're there. They're this bigger organization. They're, they're the, but they're still the background. They're the backdrop of, of, of this personal story that, that you're, that you're seeing unfold. The Seraphates, you're, you're started off when, when you, when you meet them as Abby and you're like, oh, they're just animals. They're just crazy loons, cult people. And when they actually meet up with, or Abby meets up with Yara and Lev, they're just people. They're trying to survive. They have their own code, just like the wolves do. And you get the enough context that you need. Because I don't, like, real talk, if they're just like, and here's the wolves, and here's what they're all about, like, and here's this long, like, you know, drawn-out explanation. No, they tell it to you via the actions that you're seeing in the backdrop. So, for me, I I liked it. They gave me enough to where I, I go, okay, here's the stage, and let's see these characters play. Like, I didn't care about Isaac. So, they gave me enough Isaac for me to 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 go okay that's enough of him that's that's fine the only thing that i see as a plot hole is why isaac let them go out to wisconsin to kill joel that doesn't make sense and then he's upset that um that uh, abby's love interest that i hate so much in this owen it got awful um (laughs) he i know why he let him go yeah yeah, I, I honestly, in all sincerity, I think he let them go because it is very clear in Abby's journey that she is dead set on making this happen. I mean, it goes back to that bad love interest. No, I want to train. I don't want to kiss you. I want to go train. I want to go train. The reason she bulks up is so she can be a better warrior, a better fighter, so she can go kill this guy. She's so focused on this that as a leader, he has two options. He says, yes, you can go, and I am allowing you to, or no, you cannot, and then faces his own uh, repercussions when she defies him. Like, what do so I do when she defies she coming? Right, yeah. and so I think that's why Isaac let them go and spent the resources, because if he allowed her to, or if he said no, and she did it anyway and defied him, he's got a whole different problem on his hands. Okay, I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. He basically viewed her as a tool, and when that tool was no longer uh, fit his needs or wasn't going to follow his use, it was uh, 
to be ex- basically expensed. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Still don't like it though. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. uh, I'm like, oh, but now you have an issue with the second time. Like yeah. that's like I understand why you let it go the first time then. But still, like the second time, you're like, oh, well, that's kind of stupid. But it leads up to a really good line. So I like that. And what's yeah. interesting between all of the factions that you are exposed to is that to the other people, they are brutes. They are savages. They are uh, a, a society that is not worth being a part of. The Seraphites are zealots. And they are, they are in, inherently crazy. And they have perverted the words of their prophet. But they also have families, and they love each other, and they do take care of their own. You know, the wolves uh, have dogs that they keep and they use, but they also love, and they play ball with, and they have sections for families. And uh, But then also Isaac's over there torturing people. And then the people of, I believe, Jackson, where Ellie and Joel are from, yeah. uh, they go out and they do the things that Joel and Tommy have done that have, have enraged so many people, and they are not good unto themselves, but... They also have dances and they have love uh, and they have where times where people come together and party. And then even within those, we see with our, uh, our, our the bartender who was so mean to Dina and Ellie, yeah. like his own bigotry exists within their own good community. And so it's consistently showing you good society, bad society, and then the perceptions of those outside of it, which could not, by accident or intention, be more parallel to what we're seeing right now in the real world. And there's a lot of lessons that I think the game uh, works to teach the player whether or not they succeed is, is I think, up to the individual person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we... And I think it's interesting to see where this game landed. Um, and I feel this way, the game was long... <laughs> I think an attention to exhaust you. And I don't know if that was it worked. <laughs> God. <laughs> yes. I was wondering how much, and I, I did this before I started the game or when I was into it, I looked at the walkthrough just not to see what happened, but to see how many chapters there were. Sure. There was like 45 chapters. And then I noticed, why is there a day one, day one or again? So I, that kind of triggered my mind to say something's going to happen where we're repeating time. So we had that. But when we get to our final moment, gentlemen, um, we thought we had a final moment with Ellie and Dina at the house. The, I don't know how they secured that awesome house away from everybody that mm-hmm. wasn't just totally dis- destroyed. And they had a lot of wild. Uh, you got to corral some 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 sheep. How fun is that? Oh, yeah. so we love that. Some music, baby, and a very horny Ellie. <laughs> Which I thought was very funny. It was a little bit of levity. It was nice. Yeah. You got that. But, but you know, uh, it was kind of funny. Tommy, who once did not want to do this, was now like totally like, I've got to do this. And why won't you do this? Blah, blah, blah. Kind of seemed like a turn for his character. I don't know. Um, but we, we, we got the characters where they needed to be at the very end. Ellie Commando, basically, you know. I mean, John McClane, Commando. dude. Yes. She has the yes. MP5 and she's just standing there. It's like, oh, she should have oh, been barefoot. Moment. Yeah, like, dude, awesome. I'm sorry. Yeah, so we're, we're, we're in a classic scene with water fighting. Um, it was it was it was a challenge for me. And I and I don't know how you all felt. Um, it, was there any point in that final fight? That you felt like I don't want to go on. Can I? Can I? Can I take a few steps back? Sure, go this ahead. Another yeah. bad bit ran, and I apologize. 
you had that in the middle where you're Abby and that horrible boss fight that's just not good mechanically, where it's just like, no, I don't want to kill Ellie. But I also like Abby enough. Like, Abby's story, like, to answer Sean Capri's question right here, right now, like, is is kind of boring in the beginning that you want to get back to the middle. But with the introduce, introduction of Yara and Lev, the, Lev's character alone is steals the show for me. I love Lev. They're great. Um, but, like, w- when you then go to the house... Uh, where you see Tommy and Dina and Dina is constantly the good angel. Dina is, uh, and they do this. They did it with the last of us. The reason why you care for Ellie, Ellie in the first game is representative of the audience observing this world for the first time outside the barriers, right? Dina as well. She's, she's the one just like you who are yelling at your screen. Ellie stop doing this. She's, she's the angel on Ellie's shoulder saying, stop don't do this. Don't do that. Stay here. Stay in the fence. We have this family, whatever. And we constantly, or Ellie constantly doesn't listen to her. Um, so you have that moment that, that builds to a crescendo. You're in the beginning, happy that Tommy is there in the room, but you also see the little flashback or the PTSD that Ellie has that she still sees Joel dead. She's still not over it. Tommy represents what happens when you let hate consume you and Dina represents what happens if you just let it go and you see it like Tommy is torn battered he can't do it alone he's lost his wife he lost his wife he's lost everything and he's held on to this one thing kind of like what Abby does when she has that hey I hear Joel's in Wisconsin thing and so when uh, yeah I'm sorry Wyoming (laughs) <laughs> so, <laughs> sorry so at the end when you get to that fight you are rooting you you like both of them that's the mission and they did it for me i love abby and ellie and i at this point love abby more and we even see it when they go back to in the beginning where abby literally tells ellie you know we let you live and you wasted it and she doesn't kill her because of Lev. Mm-hmm. Lev's right there. She has that moment. And Abby becomes... She's pregnant. Course, and then she stops. Yeah, and, and she's and she's like, good. Good. Right, yeah. And Lev sees that and like, are you a monster too? Because just an hour ago, she's just like, Lev, these wolves, they're not my people. You're my people. Okay. And all of a sudden, that turns. Abby does not become Ellie Abby becomes Joel. Abby is that parent figure to Lev, right? So you see it towards the end where, you know, she she's over it. When when Abby cuts or when Ellie cuts Abby loose, she's just like boats over there. Let's fucking go. Let's get out of here. And, and grabs Lev and puts him on the boat. And Ellie is so thirsty for this revenge. She puts the knife to Lev's throat. And as a, as the audience, I'm just like, no, Ellie, you're becoming Joel. If you if you do this, you become Joel. And that fight the part of I, Joel she hates, not the parent figure. Exactly, she becomes the part of Joel she hates. Um, and you see that as well, where like when she's interrogating um, the, the um, Mel and uh, and 
I forget his name. Owen. Where's like Owen. Owen? Put like put like here. Tell me where Abby is on the map. Each one of you she tries to do the maneuver Joel and uh, and Tommy do, and it fails. So you can see if you paint back to that scene. Okay, will she actually carry through? And so that fight for me was a struggle of my feelings because I want both of them to live. I don't want any of them to die. And so when the payoff is, yeah, both of them lived, but they tore each other apart, you know, and Ellie is getting what she wants. She's drowning Abby. She's clearly winning the fight, even with two fingers being bitten off. She's walking. She's thinking to herself in that moment, I still feel awful. This isn't fixing anything, at least how I read it and let her go. She, she danced with that hate that Tommy had and she, she was able to finally listen to Dina, that good angel and let her go. And that's why I love the ending so freaking much. That final scene, the final flashback between Joel and Ellie, um, it paints the picture as to why she was on that revenge path. And it worked for me, man. That fight, that fight was the one that I wanted the, the end fight to be the one in, in the middle. But like it, it did everything for me right there. I got it ran out. <laughs> Jason, um, what was your thoughts? I mean, did you feel like you wanted it to continue? Uh, it didn't happen to the point, but I really thought we were going to have to make a choice. They didn't give us a choice at any point in the game, but I thought we were going to have to choose to either kill her or don't. Or die? Like, like she would like one of them would die or she would just give up. One of the Yeah, yeah one of them I thought it I thought it was gonna be like do like let her go or just finish her, like right there. Um I didn't want it and but it was going through my head like as this fight's going on, like it's going nowhere. Because it was a stalemate. Like, they one punches one, exhausted, falls down. They both fall down, back and forth. And it was just like, but no, I think it was because she let her go. She knew it was the right thing. But then, like, was wrestling with that. It's like, I can't just let her go. I need to, like, enforce the fight. And it was just like, and now, and then she lost everything. So that, that actually makes me, give me an interesting pause. What you said, I, I had, it's like, I, I got there, I had to do something. So, potentially, did she ever really intend to kill her? Or she wanted at least exact some of that rage to let it out, and this was just never intent to kill her? I don't know. That's just she, my thought. She she intended to kill her. That was not a cathartic journey she took to make herself feel better. She had every intention of killing her, uh, and it faded away. Uh, and that last moment when she started having the the flashbacks, and it is it is worth noting that a lot of times it's very easy for us to think Abby and Ellie mirror one another. They are they do play mirror roles in terms of narrative. However, there are some key differences that are that are uh, I think really interesting to see. And one of them is Ellie Ellie prepared to go kill Abby, whereas earlier in the story, well before they were done. Um, down south, Abby was preparing to kill Joel. Ellie could not have beaten and did not beat Abby when when uh, Abby was prepared. She was massively strong. She was she was focused. It was only when she was atrophied and and had been a prisoner for a long time that Ellie was able to succeed. And even then, it cost her 
two fingers and, and quite a bit of dignity, I would argue. Uh, similarly, like, like there's those those characters' methodologies in that final fight showed us that for everything that these characters went through, it wasn't worth it. At least I don't think it was worth it because they could have ended it there, and yet they give us the scene of Ellie returning home to attempt to play the guitar to see if her family has remained for her and they haven't and it shows us that it's not worth it abby abby's line of we let you go and you wasted it uh wasting opportunity seems to be a recurring theme as well and that systemically from from day one through three for both characters you see times where where people wasted opportunities and that is a, just a narrative through line that I think Druckmann might have hit too hard on, on too hard on a few beats, but it was worth it was worth doing in the very end because it stuck with you. And now I think people that that take this story to heart are examining their own choices in life, and they're examining their own choices that other narratives and games have taken, and thinking uh, something similar: Am I wasting it? Is this too much? Am I going too far? And that's the lesson that I think the game tries to teach. Um, at some point, though, I definitely want to talk about why this game's too long. We definitely I, will. And I will say, I think I like the end that Ellie kind of knows that she wasted it because she didn't get back to the house and, like, frantically look for Dina. She, I think she realizes immediately and kind of just goes to that room, realizes she can't play the guitar. She She realizes she lost at that point and just kind of, that's why she walks away. Like, there's no, like, where'd they go, where'd they go? It's kind of like she knows and just has to go wander somewhere. And I, Very I, good point. I liked how they did it. I didn't like that it happened, obviously. Sure. But I did like with when Dina discover, um, Ellie discovers Abby, I was shocked, like, how beaten Abby was. And I think you could see it in Ellie, the character. Like, when she discovers it, too, like, She's got the same feeling you do. You're like, holy crap! They, they destroyed this. Yeah. They destroyed the, Abby. the thing that I that a thing that I feared or or wanted yeah, to overcome like, is now just it's it's a it's a diminished goal even yeah. because to your point, Luke, like you said, atrophied, beaten. Mm-hmm. It was it even worth it? Because even yeah. if you kill them, it's like, what did I actually accomplish? Because you weren't even the 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 figure that I'd painted in my head that I you know when I saw you kill Joel, you were no longer that. So it it really kind of drove that point home. But I think one more point is we've got two characters at the very end going two different directions. And unfortunately, neither most likely have what they previously had with their communities. But I think one is building it. And quite honestly, I don't think I don't know if Ellie can return. So that's a good point. And it also, well, it's a recurring theme is what happens when you let your guard down, guys, (laughs) you know, you know, you you trust people get get golf club in the back of the head. You know, you 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 celebrate uh, your revenge pot. Your friend dies. You believe in something. You get bashed over the head with Look a butt of a the butt for the fireflies. Yeah, you yeah. get uh, the guy from the WWE. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I think where you like what you, what you end up is like. I don't think Ellie's returning to that home expecting Dina to be there. She she knows when she's going out. She's made her choice. The, the the interesting thing is Dina left, r- r- took everything, even the goddamn lambs, 
but the guitar because you know it, it harkens back to um to the conversation they had in the beginning of the game is you know i was gonna sing you this song at that bonfire and she's just like you should have kissed me there um that guitar meant too much for dina to take so she left that baggage there for ellie to keep um and having her in the record having ellie play that guitar and not being able to symbolizes what she's lost uh through her journey that this hatred wasn't worth it because the only thing she has to remember joel by is now gone the song that he he teaches her she can't play she's lost it forever and that memory again i hearken back to that memory that in the very end with her and joel is man this is why she was so angry because she she hated joel as well and when, when joel tells her yeah you know like you took it from me and she she says it to joel like my life could have fucking mattered and I love what Joel says. If God gave me the same a second choice. chance, yeah, I would do it again. Mm-hmm. That's Great the line. love he had for her. That's a father's Even, love. That's mm-hmm. the father's love. And seeing her walk away, you're presented with the question, is she walking towards Jackson or is she walking towards Catalina? That is that is where the part three could come in. I think yes. part three comes in with Abby searching out Ellie with a doctor that can do the thing yeah. that they wanted to do in the first and Ellie ultimately dying uh, for an attempt at a cure. And who knows if Druckmann will give us that. He's yeah. good at he's good at saying no. Yeah. Uh, but I think that is, that is the narrative that that could be easily told there. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But they're so, not there for easy. And that's the other thing. It's not. Yes, it is. But I do. I I would tell you, though, basis, the excellent accessibility menu. I actually was able to adjust the difficulty where it wasn't so annoying. That didn't drive me nuts that I could play the game has still have a challenge, but still progress and not get frustrated. So I applaud them for that. So what was that like? Not getting um, frustrated. I I reduced <laughs> the bitter. enemies. Bitter uh, well, it was like their their basically their their ability to detect. Them. Storm. Yeah. Yep. And they I, became stormtroopers. I reduced, that. I, I reduced that a little bit. So uh, yeah. So I would. I, yes, the dogs could not sense me all the time, which is great. But um, yeah, I reduced that a lot. So um, but there was a couple of we did have questions from Sean Capri. Just want to call that out at Sean Capri. He is a member of the Xbox Drive, also uh, a cup of Joe and Nintendo, does a lot of good stuff. And um, he, he talked about a couple of things. Uh, part two, we'll get that first. If you felt it was too long, what would you have changed? If you didn't feel it was too long, why didn't you feel it was too long? May I go first? Yes. The game was too long. The game was too long. I was 25 hours in and miserable and bored and I was being punched in the dick every two seconds because it was sad and I didn't like No, the game's way too long. It is way too long. And here's the big thing about it. Uh, The last I I thought the last three hours incredible. I thought the first hours of Abby's journey, the first hours of Ellie's journey, incredible. Incredible. It was the middle and latter portions of their separate journeys that I was just bored to tears where it was writer exposition after writer exposition where I'm just hearing them talk and I'm slogging my way through Seattle, 
cool concept with the sky bridges. Took too long. So, cool. dude, I, I'm sorry. Go to hell. Sky bridges are dope. <laughs> super cool. Super cool concept. Took too long. I would argue that was my m- more enjoyable gameplay elements was when we were playing in those portions of the game. Um, but it just took so long to get through things and then to go here. Uh, this character's plight and why this character's got a stub toe and is upset and this one and the weight that the in- the intended narrative was supposed to bring in some of those sections didn't land for me because I, maybe it's because I didn't play left behind the music store was boring and I think that Joe Joe and Jason might have a, a good opinion on that but I I was it was just too long it was 10 hours too long if they ditched 10 hours of that game I would have loved it. But I felt like I ended my journey three distinct times. Nope, we're still going. Oh, I'm not at the last chapter. Oh, I'm not at the last chapter. And that's not cool for your for your player to feel like they're done and then have X amount of hours ahead. The final battle, incredible. The Abby story, love Abby. Really liked uh, Ellie's scene in the museum. Those were examples where it was done well. But slogging my way through Seattle twice with two characters, days two and three and halfway through. No, I loved being introduced to both sets. I loved ending both sets. In-betweens were just too much. If I could hop in there as someone that, again, I overall love this game. Um, I, I see those points and playing it the second time. Funny enough, you get to keep all your upgrades. So then like. It's an action game at this point, and it is a blast. Um, but like, there are th- playing it a second time, and now knowing where everything lays, and I know where there there are two. There are one memory that Ellie could totally that that didn't need to be there where she's at the 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 inn. Um, that didn't need to be there, like with the bloaters and whatnot. The bloater scene, I don't think needed to be there. And there's two portions of like. Day, day, two, I think at the end of day two and the beginning of day three, they could have actually merged those things together, and and that could have saved a good three to four hours right there in Ellie's story. And when when it comes to Abby, I think the second part feels too long because you were just hit with a crescendo moment that you thought was going to be the end, and then it's actually restart from the beginning again. And Owen is so again he is he's the only character i absolutely loathe and maybe it's because he's a misogynistic douchebag but like his character is just not appealing to me he's not conveying it anyone um he he definitely wanted both those ladies but none of the responsibilities of doing both those ladies maybe maybe i maybe there's a different point to be different discussion but i do want to say the most frustrating part todd was when they reset the player yeah. back to zero. And that's where I threw, I was like, man, screw this. Like they, they needed, all my upgrades just gone and I'm Abby. And I'm like, really? They needed to, when they did that, they, what they needed to do was get you caught up a lot faster. And they didn't care to do that. They're like, no, 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 this is gradual because Abby plays like Joel. And like Ellie is playing very different. Abby should have been like Rambo. You shouldn't have had to build her up. <laughs> exactly. She should have like half of the upgrades. She should have just already had those things, you know? Yes. Yeah. Yes. She's, she's already kitted out. So like, yeah, a lot, a lot of that story could have been shaved. The part where Abby's story could have been shaved off is instead of abandoning Yara and Lev, 
she should have been like, come with me because you're going to die here. Yeah, and exactly. that could have saved a good 40 minutes right there as well. There are parts that needed to be edited down. But my thing is, as a Last of Us fanboy, and I just love the universe, I'm just like, I'm here. Like, just tell me your story. You know, I liked the Seraphite Village, though. We haven't let Jason talk. I'm so sorry. But I did like the village. Yeah, sorry, Jason. <laughs> as far as – see, it's a, it's difficult for me for the length of the game. I'm I'm notoriously fast at – not speedrunner fast, but like – like, I beat Spider-Man, I platinumed it in a weekend. Mm-hmm. I did Horizon Oof. Zero Dawn platinum in a week. Like, I usually go in, like, most new games, like, updates hit, and I don't install them till I'm done, and I'm ready to delete the game. Like, PlayStation's like, you haven't updated. Like, no, fuck you, I'm finishing. <laughs> That's because um, the network's slow. <laughs> oh. oh go back there xbox live all right <laughs> this game though i took breaks i but i think it was the subject material i couldn't like four or five hours was my limit at times which i know obviously that seems like a long time too but like i couldn't just keep going like but i kind of disagree with you on the second playthrough well, because I'm I'm about an hour away from the platinum. I just hit Abby's part, so I just got to finish it. I need like one upgrade, and I'm done. A lot of those parts that seem unnecessary, the first time through, I didn't feel that way, and I kind of enjoyed the dialogue. The only part I would absolutely cut is just get rid of Owen. All the, I would I I, I like I yeah. I wanted more Manny. Yes, I oh, want Manny. Was Manny. Great. I, Manny's great. I love the part. And, I don't know. If and you no, guys he, Joe, it. talk about a, a, a massagist. <laughs> yeah, man. Manny. But, and, and here's the thing: guys... I love Manny because as a Hispanic, I'm like, <laughs> I get it. Like that's one of my cousins. That's my cousin Carlos. No, no, no shit. <laughs> you nailing that teacher, Joe? You nailing that teacher? <laughs> he's, he's, yeah, he was. <laughs> Did you experience? With Why are Manny? we hating Owen? Uh, it was yeah, just, I don't I, like. I just, I just don't want to visit. Wishy-washy. He had a relationship yeah. with Mel, and he wanted to be with Ab. And I don't know. Yeah, I just don't like. I don't Ab like. Less with revenge than she was with anything personal. Yeah. I don't know. I just uh, some. But did you guys experience speaking of Manny the when he takes you to sneak out? If you kind of go off and explore the house, which you're yes. not supposed to, he like runs in and steals the note from you, and she's like, "Wait, you live here?" Yeah, and like, like, wait, like, this is one of your F shacks, like Dirty Mike and the Boys style. She's like, he's like, yeah, you don't read that. I'm like, all right, yeah. Hey, but and it's not a pacing issue necessarily. I think it was just so heavy that I couldn't. I had to take breaks. I had to go play a different game or do something else. Like, it, so that was weird to me. Uh, if you told me a game's 25 hours, I'm like, oh, all right, that's a weekend. I'm like, that's easy. <laughs> but this was a long. Like, 25 hours. Like, this was not... Like, I was just under 25. Yeah. I think it's, my second playthrough, I'm at Abby's part, and I'm at four hours. Like, when Joe said Rambo, like, you can go ham. Like, you just... Like, who cares about stealth? Just start shooting <laughs> explosive arrows. Just everything's done. Dude, explosion, explosive arrows are... So, just the blood fetty that comes out is so worth and, it. And it's... Yeah, Todd mentioned yeah. accessibility. I turned on all the accessibility for my second playthrough. Nice. So I auto pick up ammo and supplies. Mm-hmm. Um, the slow motion thing, I, and I know the slow motion wasn't intended for me, but 
when you talk, when you start aiming and it goes into slow motion, you're getting headshots with the arrows and like bodies flying everywhere. Dude, I, I'm like, I don't think it was too long, but I could see the. It, it was too long for someone like me who plays at a breakneck Flip. speed, but I, I think 25 hours. I mean, you could have cut some scenes down, but like, I. I enjoyed, there was a lot of little dialogue, like, did you guys ever walk away from someone when they're talking to mm-hmm. you? Yep. And they were, I liked how they put that in there, it's like, oh, okay, we'll talk about this later. Like, yeah. I thought that was, like, not them just trailing off. And like then they they, they'll, they'll start talking again, going, so like I was saying earlier. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, like they got a war, the got a war boat scenes. Perfect. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I. Like I said earlier, I think it was long because they wanted you to feel like you had been through the ringer and you were story wise or just you've been through too many scenes or too many sneak scenes or something like that. So for me, I thought it was the right length, but it did wear me out Um, and I will never play this game again. So, Jason, I salute you, but I won't do it because the story beats are what's going to get me through now that I know it's going to happen. And I didn't love the gameplay enough to say, yep, I really want to do that again. Sean had another question about does this uh, enhance or detract from the original? He did say that I feel like the first game was untouchable. And while part two explores dark themes, it's a more shallow experience because of its obsession with revenge rather than the blossoming relationship we saw in the original. I know we've been going on for a long but, time, so I don't want to extend this too much, but do you feel like this was, was, was worth the ride, or do you think it was... I think he asked and answered his own question. The blossoming relationships were the made the revenge for Ellie. Like, it made it worth it. It wasn't just a random act of revenge. Like, it kind of, you built up, so that's where you go with the second game. Like, you don't... You can't just keep, I feel, you can't just keep building relationships. Like, you need something to shatter that. So I think the fact that you built up those relationships in the first game and then immediately put a dent into that that build-up kind of led to this game. And I think it it played off that perfectly. I don't think it would have been better if there were... There needed to be a conflict other than the infected. We covered that. They were running from the infected. You needed more of a personal. Like, we had the cannibals in the first one, but you needed something more personal, I feel. And I think it played off of it perfectly in that regard. I think it stands very well next to mm-hmm. The Last of Us 1. I think The Last of Us 1 is just something to be treasured in the gaming verse. And this does not detract nor enhance that experience for me. But I really like the idea. Retrospectively, I did not initially care. But in hindsight, what a wise choice to call it part two and part three. Uh, Something about it being a part of a grander saga feels different. And I think much the way you can have Star Wars A New Hope be an enclosed story or some part of something far grander. I think that's what The Last of Us allows. There's a lot of that world that they if they chose to uncharted it uh they could milk that franchise i hope they don't but i think there's a lot of narrative elements around it that by saying part two part three it really gives you some options i think it's a great question and i like the idea that last of us one is not damaged by this no and it's not uh i don't think it's added to nothing's grander for it um other than the player's understanding of the characters real quick on the part the part two part you mentioned i read that 
um, Dr. Uckman got inspiration from The Godfather, and it was called Part 2, not The Godfather 2. Like, there Mm -hmm. was a reason that it was used that way, so it was kind of, it inspired The Last of Us Part 2. And and I... (laughs) And I like that because, yeah, like Godfather Part Two is is something that stands next to one, right? It could be because one is this magnum opus of a film, and like Part Two is uh, <coughs> a to me uh, equally successful film in what it needed to hit narratively, gives you context to the world itself and uh the past of these characters and and that's what last of us part two does really well as as well uh i'm not pitting these two games against each other because i think both games need each other to have to have those to have them hit right we're like yeah symbiotic they're yeah they're very symbiotic by nature and um (laughs) that's the word that i thought of Uh, but it's also like star wars where like last of us part one you start it and you finish it there could never be a part two, right? Like there are, or it doesn't have to have a part two. It's just how like star Wars, like, you know, they're made so that you could watch empire strikes back without having to watch any of those goddamn prequels. And that's what last of us part two is as well. It's, it's, it's own. They're both contained stories. Um, and using the same characters in, in the, in the saga. So to me, um, it's just a different game. Right. And, and that's, and that's what it is to me when I look back, um, of like last of us part one and two are in the same category. When I think of, of, of the games, when I'm thinking of my top five, I say part one, part two, uh, of games I ever played. That's, that's where they stand. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really interesting because they are very different and very similar in certain ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and to Sean's point, he's talking about the blossoming relationships. We still got one. Yeah. We got Abby and Lev. Very, we didn't get much, but to your point, Luke, could part three be more of that exploration? Uh, and where could it go next? And could it be Ellie's, I guess, atonement for her sins to finally mm-hmm. do more um, and give? Because it, it's not like she can't still give that gift. She just has to find yeah. the right people to do that with. So maybe that's where it goes. But we don't know. Uh, it took them seven years to deliver this game. I mean, what's going to happen in 2027, folks? Oh, please or we don't. Can get... 2020 <laughs> or, so or long. Trump's fourth term. <laughs> or we can get when Lev trained with the League of Assassins because apparently Ninja, like Abby would like jump, barely hold on to something. Lev just like jumps, skips a beat, jumps another one, jumps up three stories over. It's like, really? <laughs> Yeah, man. No prequels, please. <laughs> Sorry. But, uh, okay. At this point, um, I, I think it's just like the game. I think we might be <laughs> making other people exhausted, but I love the conversation, gentlemen. Um, are there any last thoughts? Play this game. <laughs> That's what, I really love it, man. I, yeah. I would say if you play it, take it slow. I know it's. Some would argue it's too slow, but I just, the amount of detail they put into just the little things, like, like the more hurt you are, the bandage was bloodier. I don't know if you guys noticed that. The more health bars you had missing, that bandage, the blood would actually get, it would soak through. 
Like the bandage became bloodier as you played. Like glass physics. You broke windows and like the glass would knock over stuff. And you'd crunch it with your feet, which surprised me. Also, two references to Jurassic Park and Point Break were fantastic. <laughs> the Point Break yes. one was the best. Yes, that was good. They, they really nailed, I think, all the little things. Were impressed me. They did have a lot of good detail, and that museum scene was great. Two things for for my last thoughts on this game. The first runs counter to what Joe said. I don't think you need to play this game. I don't think you need to play this game at all if this hasn't appealed to you. If there's not a driving force that says you that I want to play, you don't need to. Whereas with the first Last of Us, I would say you need to play The Last of Us to understand what we're trying to do. I don't think this game is nearly on that level of importance because there are other games in the gaming verse now that can do this, that have done something similar to this in different ways. I don't think. Can the I challenge that, that for a second? What games do it do it in this way, right now? It, it depends on on what aspect you're talking about. Like so, narratively, oh gosh, Ori does a very good job uh, of telling a story. Um, I think Spider Man has a good story. God of War easily is a far more yeah. good of writing. Yeah, God of okay. War is far better in writing. Um, I think you can make oh, yeah. a, a case for The Witcher. And it's the critical path of the Witcher and some of the larger. What's that? So you could toss a coin away from it. <laughs> oh. So, um, and then gameplay wise, there are other there are other others that do it better. Um, visually, there's some games that that might look better. The one thing that Last of Us Two does is combine a lot of those elements in, in ways that some some are not successful at. But I would argue God of War is a better use of your time, or Witcher is better use of your time, or is better use of your time. Um, the other thing that I the, the final point that I wanted to, to send home here is Naughty Dog deserves all the praise in the world at seeing the progress that some studios like the Coalition and, and many and Insomniac have made in accessibility and taking that and doing it the next level. This was the most accessible game I've ever seen, and I thought that was Gears of War five at one point. Um, and it, they just continue to make this game more accessible. And that that praise cannot be understated. The more people that can enjoy our 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 medium, the better our medium gets. And there's a lot of there are a lot of underlying narratives that The Last of Us does for that for the LGBT community, LGBTQ community, for the the um, the able gamer community. It's just so wonderful to see that. So all the praise in the world to them. Go watch SUNY Legend and then tell me that gameplay is not good. Anyway, yeah, that's all I got. SUNY <laughs> Legend? Yeah, you, you don't follow them? That's what I was looking over here. Oh, oh, the long that was epic. No, no, no. I know what clips you're talking about. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm not that good at video games, no matter how accessible it is. Yeah. Oh, is uh, that yeah, the one that the, the jump down and kills? Mm-hmm. Yeah. She I, goes I full John Wick. She goes full John Wick on these kids, and I'm like, hey, I, really? Really? Because I... I, I <laughs> I don't like to I toot my own horn, but like I was doing things similar, not on that level. But like I get like I counter that. This gameplay, if you like a survival horror, this is right up your alley. Because we didn't even get to the clickers because they're fantastic. That subway scene, she those new bloaters, <laughs> not fun to fight. Oh, they're uh, so cool. I will God. say one point. I was so frustrated. I couldn't figure out to do that Luke. one mega boss. I didn't. I, I first I thought you could escape, and I got so fresh. I'm like, nope, you have to actually kill the thing. So I'm like, uh. the, 
yeah. quick point on the 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 Rat King. The Rat King was fine. It didn't really scare me because it kind of you knew something was going to happen. What scared me was when the stalker split off. Uh, you climb up into the ducks, and I'm like, yeah. oh, we're finally getting away. All of a sudden, right around the corner, I'm like, nope. I literally shout out to when she finds out that you're immune and you have to kill her. Yes, best yes. scene in the game. Well, second best scene in the game, dude. Okay, when when you're in the hospital, I love that. That is like to me, I'm like, oh my god, what could have been a a, a, a you know this gen Dead Space Four? That Rat King boss scared me so <laughs> bad. The sound design, give it up. I literally and, and it was have it so I hard love... to see and where to go, and it was like, yeah. wow. And, and Kyle, Kyle was just like, when when you when you when you hear it. And you actually use the like your 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 you know super duper hearing your sonar vision. You actually see the outline of it. I can't even imagine that scares the shit out of me. Uh, I was so scared. I'm a twenty year old, uh, twenty eight year old man. I literally had to take my headsets off, right? And then I had to get my mom. <laughs> I go, mom, stand right here. There's, Hold me. I need. I'm. I'm. A, I'm not. I'm a big boy. <laughs> You know what I appreciate? Like the dilapidated apartment that you have to descend. That was so cool. That was pretty tense. But what made it better was when you finally escape and Lev goes, you see that elevator? That's how we should have came. And it's like, mm-hmm. I just wanted to throw it out. Yeah, screw you, Lev. Thanks a lot. And the Rat King as well, when you get to that design, you're, you're thinking, you're like, all right, is this going to be some like like somewhat silly uh, you know, version of a bloater, like some type of like Resident Evil or you know Silent Hill type of like figure, and it's it's just it makes sense for the world, and it's terrifying. Yep. You know these day one bloaters that they have hooked onto each other as like some type of weird Akira looking bloater. It's terrifying. In that God, same terrifying design. Yeah. Now we're actually having a good conversation here. Yeah. <laughs> In the same terrifying design when the I don't know if they're they're clickers at that stage of evolution, but where they crack out of the wall, oh, they're like oh stuck in it, and then they break out. I kept I used cool. my flamethrower on every wall, because <laughs> I'm like, will that kill him? Apparently not. I yeah. and, and, it, and it's a question at that point because there's like the, these wallish patterns that kind of look like a clicker, yes. and so it's just like, okay, so do I take this hit? Do I hit like? Do, do I waste a bullet? Like you still got to think about those things. Yes. Yeah. Playthrough so, two. I'm just lobbing explosives, Molotovs. It's like nope, nobody's jumping out of the wall at me. Not me. Not today. <laughs> I, I have to give us credit, gentlemen. Almost two hours in for yeah. those who've stayed with this. Fantastic. This is the first time we've really talked about the gameplay. I know, right? Is- it's crazy. It's it's just crazy. But on that note. I thank you, gentlemen, for joining me us on this ride because I really, really wanted to talk about this. I'm glad we all kind of had similar experiences, but different experiences as well. And that's the whole point of gaming. We all have different tastes and where it lead us. And I'm glad, you know, to get a perspective from a, a primary Xbox gamer and and understanding that, you know, there's there's more to love than just what you can game on one console. Thank you once again. I appreciate you spending your time with me. And so hopefully uh, our listeners enjoyed this. Gentlemen, tell us where people can find you along the internet. We'll start with you, Jason. Uh, my podcast, Story Route Zero. I'm with, at Story Route Zero. I'm on Twitter at GimpyJ. And you can find my reviews at obelisk.co, O-B-I-L-I-S-K.co. Excellent. Luke. 
Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Insipid Ghost, and that is uh, you can search me on Twitch uh, as well or Xbox Live for that matter. Uh, I host a weekly podcast called the Xbox Expansion Pass, where I examine the news and goings on of the Gamerverse as they pertain to the Xbox ecosystem. And I often host developer interviews from around the industry, most recently talking to the developers uh, from the Messenger. And that is a classic interview. Oh, thank you, man. Very French. Yes, he is very French. (laughs) I butchered his poor name. But uh, yeah, if you enjoy, you know, voices from around the industry, like uh, Steven Spawn of Able Gamers, Zach Weigel of Gamers Outreach, uh, Jeremy Gritton from Moon Studios. Yeah, I I love talking to people about games. So that's the Xbox Expansion Pass. And I'd love for you guys to check it out. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And Joe. For I I want I want to hop on that that one thing that Luke said because like Luke does butcher the 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 creative director of of, uh, of the messenger and when he corrects Luke Luke goes oh, okay <laughs> he's like I'm not I'm not I'm not gonna make make that loop I'm like brave choice good choice uh, try saying it again <laughs> exactly I would love to jump. yeah. <laughs> Anyway, you can find me over at Bad Bit Games where you talk about all things game news, reviews, and unboxings. You can also find my podcast, The Trophy Room, on Bad Bit Games on YouTube as well. Uh, right now, uh, we're also we talk about all things PlayStation. Um, right now, we have an awesome, awesome Ghost of Tsushima re- review, preview, discussion with our good friend Brock McLaughlin, where we talk about a totally non-spoiler, his thoughts on ghost of tsushima it's fantastic uh 30 minutes long also video version on youtube um so yeah you can find me there and find me on twitter at mr babbit and at ps trophy room on twitter whichever handles so yeah that's me excellent once again thank you gentlemen for joining us it's been a pleasure Hopefully everybody's enjoyed the discussion on The Last of Us Part 2. But you know what? If you want to chime in and let us know your thoughts about the game or if you have any additional questions, you can follow us at SecretFriendsU, at Tioxtra, and at the underscore Canardian. Uh, Secret Friends Unite has a Facebook group and a page. And we also have a hotline, 872-225-2496, where you can leave a voicemail and tell us your hot take, your review, or comment you have about the gaming world. We also have a giveaway uh, code for RoundGuard on Xbox One if you leave an iTunes review or you call the hotline. Thank you. It's always better to game together. Talk.